on Friday had me rattled for uh, certainly the rest of the day. And if I tell the story, I'm going to get rattled again. But I'll oh, tell you boy. that here in a second. Uh, campus insanity is, if anything, on the increase. Uh, colleges continue to get crazier and crazier and more communist. Uh, also, I was almost killed myself when I made uh, my, my driver uh, laugh so hard she almost wrecked the car. Awesome. Our Spanish-speaking driver. So, uh, yes, the tale of... of Woe and danger. Although this one's an actual one, I guess. I don't, uh, you tell me. We'll get into some of the COVID stuff coming up. The big headline that uh, everybody was so enthusiastic to run with over the weekend because the media treats you like you're stupid. Now, whether or not they're right about that, I don't know you individually. Case by case basis. (laughs) (laughs) But just love round numbers and records. Without any context. Oh, yeah. So Florida has more coronavirus cases in one day than even New York at its peak. Okay, well, they had, I forget what percentage more testing going on, for one thing. Yeah. And uh, all that sort of stuff. The enthusiasm for making it sound as terrible as possible is just amazing to me. We'll get that uh, into that coming up. So you got, you know, uh, <laughs> competing horrifying stories going on in America, right? You got the coronavirus. You got the economy. And then you got this move toward lawlessness mm-hmm. that is sweeping the nation. Uh, it was already going that direction with a couple of idiotic decisions that various cities, counties, and states have come up with, with no bail and letting people out of prison and all these different sorts of things that we're doing. Sure. Sure. Uh, changing what counts as a felony and not, or misdemeanor and all this stuff. All these different things that are happening across the country. It's Allowing a- lawless chaz zones. Yeah, and this was all before the the horrifying George Floyd thing, and then you got riots in the streets, and nobody seems to care about it. And Portland was insane over the weekend. We have to do that story, too. Oh, my gosh. They've lost control. It is not slowing down at all. Yeah, Portland, downtown Portland is to a large extent a lawless zone. Now. And, and speaking to that, so I'm at the convenience store gas station on Friday. I got to work with like my gas gauge saying you can drive 10 more miles. And uh, so I was going to get gas on the way out, the one right here near the radio station. And um, I'm getting gas. I pull into the uh, I pull into the stall and there's a guy in. uh uh, there's a car in front of me. I pull in behind that, and there's a guy leaning on the back of it, drinking a Coca-Cola. Th- these are not things that stand out to me as interesting. Okay. Now, nor would they you. But there's a guy leaning on it's the nice back of it. nice scene setting, though. Yeah, and I'm just, uh, just leaning there, and I'm, thinking, and I'm I'm doing some stuff on my phone, so I hadn't gotten out to pump my gas yet. Mm-hmm. Doing some stuff on my phone. And then I see uh, a, a guy walking past my vehicle. He's going to that car. And I notice him because he's particularly jacked and wearing, like, one of those... What do you call an uh, T-shirt? An extra medium? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's medium, extra medium. So he's, he's swole. He's muscular. He's, he's swole and tiny T-shirt. I just, you know, I noticed that. I guess yeah. because I'm latently homosexual or whatever with this. But I, I did. I noticed that. And then, and then, but then he and the guy that was leaning against the car, I can tell they're getting into a little bit of an argument about something. Oh boy! And I thought, well, that that you know, just kind of got my eye. I'm just kind of watching that. And um, it's mild. And then I see the owner coming up behind me, and then he's standing right next to me. I don't think anybody's noticing I'm in my car, but he's standing right next to my driver's side window. He's If I'd have rolled down my window, I could have plucked a hair out of his beard. He's a, <laughs> If you so chose. <laughs> I mean, he's that close to me. And he starts yelling, you gave me a $5 bill, not a $20 bill. And the and the guy says, no, I didn't. I effing gave you a $20 bill. And his buddy says, you gave me a 5 and I gave it to him. And it's, uh, there's some discrepancy with anything. Oh. And, the, and the guy said, you're not going to steal from me. And, the, and, the, and, the, and, and, and it's getting, and the dude is getting really heated. 
Now, one thing about this gas station I've noticed, because I regularly get gas there, it's I, I, I leave work, you know, I'm leaving work around 11 o'clock noon. Everybody there has got the I'm incredibly hungover and I'm just getting up for the day vibe. Mm, mm. They're there to get like some greasy, crappy food some and, smokes. and some energy drinks because they've just rolled out from the apartment complex. Having had a hard night. Yes. And that's always the vibe there. Okay. And yep. anyway, and that's why that guy was leaning on the car, and he is kind of squinty-eyed and drinking his Coca-Cola, though I'm guessing that's that, that's the state of mind he's in. He starts yelling at the owner. Well, this guy's like 70 years old. Uh, a, a fellow of, I'm guessing he's from India. He's Sikh. He wears the, the, the okay. turban of a Sikh. Mm-hmm. He's a really tall guy, um, but old. And the young dude starts screaming at him, and then I and and with enough that I realize things could turn ugly here. Yeah. And I'm going through all the freaking calculations I got to do right now. Am I about to have to wade into the middle of a couple of twenty-something jacked dudes who are beating up an old man? Oh, boy. I can't watch that happen. Oh, I mean, boy. I got all that adrenaline going. I mean, because it's. It, you can tell. You can just tell. It's the vibe is there. It's on, and that guy is screaming at this old man, and that old man is not backing down. And the young guy takes his Coca Cola and throws it at the old man, and then kicks over the uh, the window wash thing or whatever yeah, at yeah. him and everything like that. How will I cleanse the dead moths off my windshield? While I'm sitting in my car, I'm right next to this guy. Yeah. And I don't get out of my car, which I will wonder for the rest of my life whether or not that was a good decision. I think ultimately it was. But um, I'm trying to decide, do I get out? Am I being a coward here? Do I help this old guy? Or or, or am I going to make it worse? Because as I said to my wife when I got home and I told him this story, because I was still rattled, because I didn't know if after throwing the coke and kicking the thing over, the next thing is he, he punches this guy in the face. Right. And, you know, he's an old man. Luckily, the other jacked dude who'd come out and argued with him a little bit went over and grabbed him and said, what the F are you doing? And gets him in the car Mm. and they take off. My guess would be he's like, dude, we got drugs in the car or dudes, you've already got a record or, you know, whatever. Right. Um, Uh, I wonder if his buddy was a little tweaked up or something, too. Maybe. It's entirely possible. And then then I get out of my car, being the great coward that I am, now that the the, the people have left. Um, um, uh, and And the old man who runs the convenience store there he said this is what happens and he's looking around at everybody there by the way nobody else lifted a finger to help anything either but right. he's young and said this is what happens when you live in a democratic state <gasps> this used to never happen it happens all the time now there's no point in calling the police they won't do anything this happens every day there is lawlessness in this state he was so mad wow and i said hey man i agree with you wholeheartedly and I said, Preach, I, brother. I said, I got out my phone and got their license plate number. Do you want me to give it? He said, I'm not calling the police. I've done it before. They won't do anything. Right. They won't even right. attempt to do anything. Right. Why would they? When the city fathers, the, the prosecutors, nobody wants to hear it. If you're not going to go after people who smashed out the windows of stores and stole jewelry, you're certainly not going to go after a couple of guys who threw a coke at an old man. And kicked over the, the lo- lovely cleansing fluid. And the problem with that attitude is that crowd that's willing to engage in that behavior, they know it. It seeps into society. It gets into the zeitgeist of the times that they're the line that you couldn't cross in the old days is is much further out now of what you can do in public and get away with it before you're ever going to get in any real trouble. Right. And the predators among us, and there are predators among us, uh, they will figure out, okay, the line is moved, let's push it, let's see how far we can go, and they will go further and further and further, which is why 
Rudy Giuliani cleaning up New York focused on small quality of life crimes. The message was, no, you can't kick over, you know, windshield washer fluid and throw cokes at old guys. You can't smash windows. You, you can't be doing this crap. And it, it went upward and there was an enormous drop in violent crime, which is now skyrocketing, skyrocketing, by the way. Which brings us to, if I can find it, yeah, there it is. Brings us to the, the, really the pinnacle of idiocy of AOC's career so far. I gotta get to the, my cowardice part. Oh, I I'm haven't sorry. My story I thought yet. we were done. No. My apologies. Um, so, uh, afterwards, I'm, 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 I've got that full on, you're almost in a fight, uh, adrenaline thing going. Yes. And, uh, and took me a long time to calm down for that. And then a bunch of concern over whether I did the right thing or not. I mean, since it turned out okay, um, ultimately. Well, uh, yeah. And I, I'm almost positive if the guy had swung on the old man, I'd open my door and I'd had to get involved. Although, who knows what would have happened at that point. My, my thinking was, you know, it's like the cops, the, some cops are good at, uh, escalating or de-escalating or whatever. I thought the second I open this door, it's about him and me. Because I know how it is. I've been in sure. enough bars where fights happen. The girl, the whatever that started this, no longer it's that. It's you about me. Oh, you think you can stop this? Yeah. It's between you. Just it, challenged me. It, yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. I just challenged him, and nothing matters at that point except for him and maybe his friend who feels like he's been challenged also, taking me on. So I stayed in my car, um, and they didn't swing on the guy. Thank God. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know what I would have done if they had. My wife said, "You know, I, w- I didn't think of this at time." She said, "Here's what I've done in the past." Um, and I wish I'd have done this. I wish I'd have, I wish I'd have rolled down my window and said, call the police, they're on the way. I think that would have had them. I think they'd have hightailed it out of there right away. Could be. I think that would have ended it immediately. Yeah. Yeah. I'll remember that in the future. That's a good one. Yeah. Or you could actually call the police. Oh, it was no, happening so fast. I mean, yeah. it was, it happened so fast and it was this close to the guy swinging on the old man. Yeah. I didn't have time to get out my phone and like. Try to figure out the call and again. Yeah, I'm here at the. And no, it was. This was all in the span of eight seconds, maybe. I'm well. Okay. All right. Wow. That's yeah. Blink of an eye. Yeah. Well, I'm glad the uh, less tweaked up guy. You know, cooler heads prevailed. God, you can just see how these co- sort of things unfold, though. The sort of thing you read about in a newspaper or see on TV, where, you know, I'm sure that guy was just one lack of impulse away from actually hitting the old guy, and then you know you don't know what happens at that point. Sure. Yeah, horrifying. I don't know how many punches I can take from big old swole guys at this point, and I'm not 70. Right. Yeah, terrible. Oh, the other thing he said, the old guy, and he's uh, he, he he owns the place. He's he's like 6'5", but he's an old man. He said, when I was younger, I would have kicked their ass. <laughs> <laughs> I believe him. Yeah, I True believe that, him, too. Sir. I True believe that. him, too. I know how it goes. Yep, yep. <laughs> This is what happens when you live in a democratic state. How interesting is that, that in the heat of he had to know he was almost in a fight with these two guys. Right. In the heat of that, that's the first thing in his mind, is that things have gone to hell around here. I know the area he's talking about, and lawlessness has exploded in the area because it's been permitted, because of utopian policies. Because of wishful thinking about crime. Which brings us, again, to what AOC said over the weekend. It is the most breathtakingly idiotic utterance she has yet uttered. It will go on her Hall of Fame. Uh, we'll tell you about that in a couple of minutes. Plus, uh, you know, this, uh, another major American university has covered itself in shame and humiliation. Awesome. It's time to close the universities. <laughs> 
I don't know what we do with the ivy-covered buildings. Uh, nobody can go in any buildings right now. Maybe just tear them down and turn them all into parks or, or something. But that's coming up in moments. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. What is and isn't happening with the COVID? What is and isn't happening with major sports starting back up all on the way? Perhaps you've heard there's been a steep rise in violent crime in a number of American cities. New York, Chicago's just been a bloodbath including some children killed and the rest of it. Atlanta's seen a rise in shootings. Minneapolis is grappling with gangbangers shooting each other and the rest of it. And for whatever reason, it's really gone up lately. Um, some people think the vid has something to do with it. Um, it's just these gang wars come and go. But uh, AOC was asked about the rise in New York City crime. And first of all, she went on uh, for a bit about how, well, this is... This rise in crime is happening now. We haven't even cut the budgets yet, so you can't blame it on that. You know, I'll, I'll grant you that, although the cops have, to a huge extent, pulled back. They're just not policing um, because they don't feel like they can uh, because of all the scrutiny and activism and the rest of it. But then she goes on to explain this rise in crime, why it's really happening. Keep in mind now, we're talking about violent crime. We're talking about shooters, shootings, and murders. Here is uh, uh, America's leading intellectual light on the left, AOC. Hi, but let's back up. Why is this uptick in crime happening? Let's really think about it. Well, this uptick in crime, you know, the NYPD themselves have, um, have told a story that's disproven by their own data. Uh, at first, the NYPD, they, they went out and they said, okay, this uptick in crime is happening because of bail reform, because of all of these reforms that we had now. Wait, but they just released data a couple weeks ago that showed that out of almost all the people who have been found to have kind of committed crimes. It's- uh, let's start with that. People who have been found to kind of have committed crimes. <laughs> wow. What does that mean? And yeah, by the way, turning people loose without bail is is leading to more criminals on the street. And but- for New York, it was 15 shootings in a 15-hour span, 43 shootings last week, triple last year's number. Right. Right. For the same week. All right. Going on with AOC's uh, brilliance. Cetera, almost none have been re-released um, due to the bail reform. Like their actual crime data from the NYPD, not even independent data, disproves their what they're, what they're saying. So why is this uptick in crime happening? Yes, tell us. Well, let's think about it. Do we think this has to do with the fact that there's record unemployment in the United States right now? The fact that people are at a level of economic desperation that we have not seen since the Great Recession. Maybe this has to do with the fact that people aren't paying their rent and are scared to pay their rent. And so they go out and they need to feed their child and they don't have money. So you maybe have to, they're put in a position where they feel like they either need to shoplift some bread or go hungry that night. Okay, so the uptake in gangbanger shootings is because people are shoplifting bread. I'd like to see the crime statistics in New York and see how many of these people were busted for bread shoplifting. Are you kidding me? This uptake in crime is because people 
they're scared to pay their rent, so they need to shoplift some bread or go hungry. Seriously? Can you process reality on any level? That's unbelievable. That's hilarious. And that'll get her reelected. I hope the uh, yeah uh, the crime stuff is going to be around as a story for a while. I hope it's, uh, it doesn't continue the direction it's going, but uh, it's it, it really worries me. God, after decades of getting it right, now we're going the other way. And there are more and more black activists in cities saying, whoa, 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 we need more cops. I want more cops in this neighborhood. I want a higher budget. We're dying over here. Don't you be pulling the cops out and demonizing them. More and more sane people who actually live this as opposed to theoretical cuties who took a handful of, uh, you know, a grievance culture classes at Boston University. So there's so many things we can get into. There, we've Boston been, College? Boston, where did you go? We've all been doing enough Zoom meetings now that there is an etiquette that has emerged, according to the Wall Street Journal, that we can talk about a little bit. Uh, we've discovered a whole bunch of new galaxies, way more stars than we thought there were before. Can you move there yet? Because I'm tired of this one. To a galaxy far, far away? Or just the next door, whatever. Just not this one. It's time for change. One with less coronavirus. How about that dog star? I love dogs. I want to go live by the dog star. And some of the coronavirus statistics, what is known and what isn't known, all on the way on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Say it again, just to be clear. Joe and I don't have any interest in misstating the virus story to the worse or to the better. I really, honest to God, all I want to know is exactly what's happening. We're not minimizing. We're not terrorizing. I never think about how it affects politics in the world. I just want to know what's actually going on. So uh, the big headline over the weekend that was very, very popular was that Florida broke our nation's record for most cases in one day in one state. Broke New York's record. Right. So Florida now, as bad as New York was. It's just it's very, very, very scary stuff. Now, uh, a true fact. I love that term. Uh, <laughs> there are now eight states that set their death records in the last week. Eight states. So, I mean, that alone shows you that it's far from on the, you know, on the wane. Right. But the whole Florida broke the record for most cases. Uh, This tweet, I'll just read this tweet. Last time I say this before I get it tattooed on my forehead. The positivity, if the positivity rate spiked today along with the record case increase, that would be huge, but is actually falling. That's one thing to keep an eye on. The numbers in Florida, when New York had the previous record back in April, April 4th, which, geez, seems like years ago now. But they had 15,000 cases on 140,000 tests. The new record that Florida set is, I'm sorry, I got it backwards. But New York's was 12,000 cases on 20,000 tests. Oh, my. 60% positivity. That's 60% of the people they tested, tested positive for it. 12,000 cases on 20,000 tests. What happened in Florida over the weekend is 15,000 cases on 140,000 tests. Wow. Which is an 11% positive rate. So seven times as many tests. 
But that doesn't explain the whole... Oh, stop it. But that's not even close to an Apple's an apples comparison. I mean, right. not even close. Right. To, so to run with that headline, Florida sets record, is you're just going out of your way to mislead people in a direction of, oh my God, I should be scared. you got to give some context to that. Well, it's a great example of comparing apples to oranges, too. I mean, if you're not doing a, a, a consistent number of randomized tests, you cannot compare one statistic with another. It's irresponsible and it's dishonest. If they had tested in New York the same percentage as they tested in Florida over the weekend, New York would have had 85,000 positive cases mm-hmm. back then. That would be the record. So the just the case information is almost to me useless. I don't understand why they keep talking about it. Oh, it's so worse much. than useless. It's misleading. Yeah, I know it. I know it. It's just, I, I feel like the world has lost its mind where our allegedly leading journalists engage in stuff, in, you know, writing this dishonest and misleading. On the other hand, a lot of the hospital stuff and a lot, you know, the death records and stuff like that, it's, it's for reals. And the deaths are ticking up. We'll see where they end up. We're still way short of when we, we had 2,200 people die in a day a couple months ago. Yeah, we're around 700 now, from what I understand. No, it was 300 yesterday. Oh, it was 300 nationally yesterday? Yesterday, yeah. Oh, okay. Those numbers wobble around a little bit. It's slightly up over the last couple of weeks. We'll see where it ends up. You have to go with the rolling averages because the individual day-by-day, it's too misleading in that hospitals do different reporting things. Sometimes there are, some, there are hospitals that you know hold on to a couple of days' worth and dump it in for cases and that sort of stuff. The rolling average is really the best way to get it. Um. And so the rolling average is starting to tick up over the, the 7, 14-day rolling average. But, you know, you have to keep an eye on it and see where it ends up. Yeah, I'm this... looking at the projections, and they're, they're not terribly notable, honestly. There's a small uptick. Um, one story that confuses me, there's actually a, there's a lot more on this I'll have to talk about later because I, I dug into it in Washington Post, Wall Street Journal, one of those, about what's going on with the disconnect between the, uh, the stock market records that we're seeing on a regular basis and if you just look around you is what's going on. Mm-hmm. You look around your strip mall, you look around your airport, you look around your wherever, all the things that are closed, some of them closed for good. The number of people that are out of work. Um, how about this stat from CNBC over the weekend? A third of U.S. households missed their July housing payment. What? A third. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I'd say. Talk about a disconnect from NASDAQ set a new record today. How can a that be? A third of households didn't make their rent. I, that that's shocking. Or house payment. Yeah, it is shocking. Yikes! Yeah, I hadn't heard that. I'm reeling over that here. That doesn't surprise me at all. I, I, are people not looking around? Look around. Yeah. The the number of things that are closed. Every one of those places has employees, and the building is expecting money from the. I just. It just adds on. You know, the layers of it are incredible. Well, right. Yeah. It's it's a negative cycle. It's the opposite of, uh, you know, the life of a dollar it goes from here to here to here. And one dollar finances 10 people's day. You know, if you're familiar with economics, this is the reverse of that. It's just that. And yet the market, did they have any uh, explanation for that? I'll dig into I'll try to dig into some numbers behind the numbers on that. Um, there's a big fire at the San Gabriel Mission in California. That's one of the great historic buildings in the country and certainly for california legacy of colonialism um and arson is a possible cause i'll, I'll bet i'll be i'll bet too i'll We're be now burning down historical sites this is not the taliban this is not afghanistan this is the united states 
And we're permitting it, the lawlessness. If you think you're going to get more people on your side for whatever you want by burning down an ancient mission, you are really, uh, you really misunderstand the way politics works or public sentiment. I, I believe if there were a figure slightly less controversial than Donald J. running for president, I think there is a gigantic silent supermajority out there who's looking at what's going on and thinking, this is crazy. But they realize they can't speak out loud. They can't say what they believe. They, can, they certainly can't put it on social media or say it in the workplace or they'll be hammered. They'll lose their job. They'll be called out. They'll be doxxed and humiliated or beaten on their way to the, you know, the grocery store. Um, and there will be an enormous expression of that frustration at the ballot box it and if you know like i say if it were a less controversial character than donald J, I would say the republican incumbent would be reelected by an enormous margin just because people are freaked out frustrated and and and, and angry at the lawlessness since you brought up the whole um election thing I've been oh, going to blame me now, huh? I've been into this uh, Rachel Bitcoffer, Bitcoffer, however you say her name, that has become kind of a rock star in the uh, political punditry world for a piece that she wrote uh, a while back. And um, the headline in Political last week was uh, This political scientist believes there's no such thing as a swing voter. That overstates her case as I was watching a uh, podcast over the weekend or listening to a podcast over the weekend. But she's making the case, and I think this is absolutely true. This whole swing voter thing that the the, the persuadables out there for the the presidential election, it's all about it's that guy who voted twice for Obama, then voted for Trump, getting him back. Those numbers are tiny Mm. compared to the difference in turnout. It's people staying home or being excited enough to go to vote vastly overwhelms the idea of the mythical swing voter. Right. That's a nothing uh, in in the mix, especially now, now more than ever, because people are so so dialed into their tribe. You have chosen. Everybody's chosen a side, right. and they're not going to budge from that no matter what. You think Trump uh, commuting the sentence of Roger Stone moved any votes, or did it just make the people who already hated him hate him more, and the people liked him think, ah, whatever. Um... Or any of this stuff. Sure. Well, no, yeah. it's who's going to actually, who's motivated enough to actually go out on election day? Against Trump or against Biden or for Biden or whatever motivates him that day. Right. But that makes perfectly good sense to me. And as I've been saying for a long time, the left absolutely can get Donald J. Trump reelected. Keep doing what they're doing. They will get him reelected. Well, they get to what you were just talking about with the crime stuff. I can mm-hmm. see people, if they feel like the country's falling apart enough, if enough businesses downtown got looted and nobody did anything about it. And Joe just, Biden's still calling looters and shooters protesters. Yeah. On the other hand, it could be uh, quite a motivation, of course, from people that there's a fair number of people, from what I understand, looking at polling that don't like Donald Trump, and uh, they could be quite motivated. But, really? Yeah. The idea of a swing voter, it's, uh, it's more crazy now than it's ever been. Yeah. I, okay. I love that. That's a great illustration. So there's like 4% or the so-called persuadables or whatever, but you can have a number 10 times that big in the difference between a big turnout and a small turnout. Right. Okay. So that's just... Yes. That's what makes the difference. Yeah. Yeah. Which is not shocking at all. So the enthusiasm numbers, yeah. that's what we should be looking well, at. Well, Trump is double uh, Biden in enthusiasm numbers. Whoa, wait a minute. 
Um, so are there enough people? If you get all of Trump's people enthused, does that beat two thirds of uh, Biden's people are yeah. showing up? Well, how, how many Biden stickers you say you see around? Uh, Never seen one. America I've yet to see Skippy. a Biden sticker. Right. I don't know if there's ever been a presidential election in my lifetime. When a hundred days out, I hadn't seen a single placard sign or bumper sticker for one of the candidates. Mm-hmm. Have you seen one, Sean? No, but I would also. I'm curious of the particularly the last this election and the last one. How many people are voting for their candidate? No, no, it's and voting against. So, yeah. so how do you have a I'm not with him bumper sticker? <laughs> right? You know what I mean? Yeah, sure. but that that will not get people to the polls. Unfortunately, anti votes are they're just. People talk about them and yell about them a lot, but that doesn't necessarily get people to the polls. I will point out that he doesn't have his Veep yet. Old man Biden doesn't, and and you got to have your you know Bush Gore or you know not Bush Gore, but uh, you know you got to have your 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 uh, the full ticket bumper your, your sticker. ticket bumper sticker exactly. Trump Pence is this unusual? Oh no, wait a minute! You don't see Trump Pence practically anywhere. You just see Trump, and it was just Bernie, right? Is this unusually late to not have a VP? In presidential elections, uh, it's often right before the convention. I, okay, I, I, I would say because uh, Friday I saw it was the anniversary of Clinton picking Gore as his running mate. Okay, and so it's uh, usually in this window at some. Yeah. Point. Okay. So, yeah. What's the gal's uh, first name? She's the mayor of Atlanta. Bottoms. Um, heard an interview with her. She's sharp. She's uh, sharp, capable, tough talking. Ran a big city. Was running a big city. Black woman. Yeah, Ke- mm-hmm. Keisha Bottoms. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Lance Bottoms. Keisha she? Lance Bottoms. Yeah, she used the hyphenated thing or okay. whatever. But uh, yeah, so uh, I'm, I'm, that uh, so begins and ends my discussion of the so-called Veep stakes, a term I find vomit worthy. Hyphenated name wouldn't take her husband's name. I don't know about that. <laughs> oh boy, this is me if it were the presidential election in 1972. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we got like seven or eight things to yell at each other over before we get to that one. So, uh, even I had Zisha coming around the turn, though. She's, uh, you know, heading for the lead. There you Keep go. Keep an eye on her. I got to get back to predictit.org where I lost all my money on the Democratic nomination. You bet on Kamala Harris, right? I, I bet heavily Early? on Kamala. Yeah. yeah. Not a joke. And then, like a number of people, they found out oh, when you spend five minutes looking at her, she's a horrible human being. <laughs> And they gave it to the old fella. I didn't see it coming. But anyway, I got to go win my money back predicting the, uh, let me see, Keisha Lance Bottoms. Double yeah, down. I'm going to go ahead and drink. I'm due for a win. <laughs> Ask anybody living in your car in Vegas. That's the way you do it. Right. Just keep doubling down. Dude, one more line of credit. <laughs> it makes a difference. Things are about to turn. Armstrong and Getty. If Captain Hook was moonlighting as a handyman, he might replace his hook with what tool? A hammer. Try again. A penis. Tell me the age a kid is too old to sleep with a ten... What the f- he said? <laughs> let go, let go, let go. We can I'm go sorry. Let go, let go, let go. I, I'm sorry. I'm, I, I, swear, I swear I'm sorry. That, that just came out. I don't even know where that came from. Yo going on youtube though <laughs> <laughs> oh wow wow family feud normally classier than that what 
<laughs> what was yeah, that? I'm not sure I get the premise of the question, why he would say that. What is, uh, yeah, I'm just confused by the whole thing. Of course, I don't spend much of my day watching the feud. Let's honestly. play the feud. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A tad busy these days. Although, if that's the way you react uh, or relax, rather, who am I to judge? I watch others play golf on TV. Yeah, it's hard to defend as a pastime, really. Sure. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, Jack, I have a question for you, policy question. Just to simplify things, Sean, can you turn off your mic just for a minute? This isn't when I usually shout, turn off his mic! No, this is actually... Jack, I have a phrase. I want to know if you're comfortable with me using it on the show. Okay? Okay. All right, turn off your mic. You ready? What are you doing? No. <laughs> no. Not at all. I vote yes. No. It's the worst thing I've ever Definitely heard. Definitely not. Definitely not. Okay, all right. Good lord. What? <laughs> Maybe it's a uh, reference to the, uh, who was the guy who wrote, uh, uh, was it Three Musketeers? Balzac? Rene de Balzac? Yeah. Maybe it was a reference to, to him. Well, I just, it was really, really hot. I was with some friends. We were uh, doing a little wine tasting, and we had a driver. Lovely woman. Terrific gal. Her English is this better. Is so you could get your drunk on, not have to drive. Yeah. Really get, you know, well, lit. No, not. Turnt. No, trust me. You don't want to do that when you're, you know, sipping on the wines we were, but otherwise you're wasting your money. But, um, lovely gal. Her English is better than my Spanish, but not by a lot. Mm. So we were discussing how hot it was. And uh, and I was trying to communicate that to her. I wasn't having a lot of luck, so I went to Google Translate, and I I I, I got the Spanish for it's hotter than the devil's blank is uh, is uh, you know is uh, three musketeers off exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and you said that to her well no and I gave it to my friend Brian oh. to read to her oh. gotcha <laughs> and excellent friending right there and he said as is the more caliente and it went on in this the Spanish. And she cracked up, about <laughs> drove off the road. I thought, oh, so Google Translate works pretty well. Wow. I don't know if that's exactly how you would have phrased it. But, yeah, she thought that was very funny. It was probably sexual harassment. But uh, but it was, I mean, uh, it was actually two degrees hotter <laughs> than the devil's mm. scrotum, if you will. Moving along to more serious <laughs> fare. Penn State, which, remember, was easy on child rape for a while. A decade or more, right? When they had the Jerry Sandusky thing. Mm-hmm. And just, hey, you're not going to get in the way of a winning football program, even if children are getting molested right there on campus. Penn State, the school's liberal arts department, tweeted an image. <laughs> Tweet <Don't> think that. <laughs> it sounds like the same word, but it's. Uh... Anyway, the uh, liberal arts department tweeted an image last month month with the caption, Dear students, you belong here, which included several statements recognizing black, Latinx, and yeah. LGBTQ plus students. Plus? Is that like the really good ones? or I don't know. Uh, Dear black students, your lives matter. Dear Muslim and Jewish students, your beliefs are valued here. Dear conservative students, your viewpoints are important. Dear Latinx students, you will not find walls here. Oh, nice twist there. (laughs) Dear female students, you are respected. And on and on and on it went. But then, there was so much outrage on social media, the school deleted the tweet. Would you like to take a guess 
What the outrage was for? Yeah. The sentence, dear conservative students, your viewpoints are important. The left made them take down the, as the university put it, inclusive, democratic, and participatory message. We're just, everybody's welcome here. We're all trading. I'm sorry. Sorry. The, and I quote, the message was not well received, and it is important for us that our messages be received as intended. No, you know what's important for you? William Hessert, Jr., Penn State Director of Strategic Communications. It's that you have some principles and some balls. And if you're activist minority lunatics, and I don't mean like racial minorities, I mean a small group of people, they can't take you being honest and inclusive. you got to have the stones to stand up to them. Just ignore them. I don't understand why more people can't just ignore them. So they tweeted a bunch at you. Whatever. Just don't even respond. Right. No kidding. Just leave it alone. So they delete the message and apologize that uh, it's important for us that our message is received as intended. Hey, William Hessert Jr., how are you going to craft a message that will be received as intended or well-received by those people? There's only one way, William. That's to kowtow to them. That's to kneel at their feet and beg them for mercy. Are you saying you're willing to do that on behalf of Penn State? Well, you, sir, not only a coward, you're a fool. Boy, that's pathetic. There's so many examples of that out there. I gathered like 15 of those over the weekend. Various people stepping down, getting fired, well, whatever. Folks, you got to be militant in favor of free speech. Militant. Armstrong and Getty.